0: hello and welcome to play Mahmoud podcast and this show is for visionary and entrepreneur learners who are thirsty for actionable steps and advice to make the next big thing on the show we'll be discussing everything related to business and entrepreneurship to help you do what you want to do and get you where you want to be in the shortest possible time i'm Mahmoud the host of the show i'm a curious person just like you and we will be learning along with you from the great individual who made it and made it big. Now, I'll be sharing everything I already know and the new things I'll be learning with you all. So, without wasting any more time, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the show. And our today's guest is Scott Bollard. And he's a founder of Confidence Coach LLC. And he's a coach, author, and he's the author of Biggest Disability is a bad attitude And speaker who has helped his clients as chief the results they never needed while holding on to Scott's belief in them and their business. He's a natural coach full of encouragement and accountability and questions to transform your business and has life experience. And I'm like very pleased to have him here on the show. So the first thing I'm going to ask you is, so how did everything get started for you?
1: Yeah, well, th- thank you, first of all, for having me. And I love the question. Um, it started for me when I was seven years old. So 55 years ago, um, in in the States at seven years of age, you go to primary school or the re- initial schooling. And I was very excited about that because um, uh, all my friends would be at school and I could learn and and do all those things. But when I got to school after a, a couple of months, I realized that I wasn't learning like the other kids. And um, and then my teacher came to my home and spoke to my parents and said, uh, you know, he's not learning uh, the way everybody else is. And she uh, was very frustrated with me. But uh, what she didn't realize is that I was dyslectic. And back in that time, teachers didn't have training uh, of how to teach uh, a, a child that had dyslexic, So she just sat me in the corner and said, you're stupid and you'll never be anything or do anything in your life. Um, and so that's where confidence all started for me, not in myself because I felt very bad about myself, but I could see the confidence and I could see the gifts and the abilities in my fellow students very clearly, but I couldn't see it myself. So my study, my work of confidence actually began began at that time when I was feeling the worst about my own confidence. But as I turned my focus on other people and I watched other kids and other teachers, I could see their confidence. I could see their ability. And so that's where it all started, clear back then, And so I've been doing this my whole life uh, since the first day of school, basically.
0: Interesting. So, so most of the time, so like, I'm going to want to say one interesting fact here. So two thirds of the most successful people are dyslexic. Yes. Yes. So tell me how, like, how can this, ability. Yes. Turn into a superpower superpower. So let's say in your bio that there's one line that struck me was that this power, like this ability, this this disability by according to people became your superpower. Tell me more about it.
1: Yeah. So, so what, what it allowed me to do or to, um, to know and, and to learn of its strength is I see things and uh, process things in a way that is very conducive to starting, scaling, and building a business. So when I see uh, a problem, what I actually see is an opportunity to solve that problem. And my mind is able to take all kinds of information and assimilate it into a solution for the customer or, or whoever is, is needing that problem solved. And I do that thinking, but I don't think that I am the only one uh, that's going to have that uh, solution and put together. I put the genius of other people together in order to build the solution. So by my gift of seeing the genius in other people, Um, I'm able to build a team that builds a solution that delivers a product or a service uh, to a client that is um, uh, what they want, right? So as a dyslexic, I think outside the box. Um, I don't think in the way that education teaches. I look for a solution outside, outside that narrow uh, path. I look for a solution that is fundamentally um, different than what is being done now, okay? And my mind thinks that way because I work out of the right side of my mind. I don't work out of the left side of my mind. And so the right side is the creative side. It's the side that connects dots where people don't see connection. I see connection. Um, And so I look for solutions and breakthroughs and my mind is so powerful that way But it's also super powerful because I don't have the ability um, to do things in the way that education does them. Two plus two is four, right? Well, not in my mind. Two plus two could be seven. Right? And I can make a case for that. But that doesn't work in the education system. And that's why um, dyslexics don't do well in education. But when they get into the business world, they do exceedingly well because we're looking for unique um, 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 breakthroughs and transformations and solutions in a way that is outside the bounds of the, the educational world.
0: Okay. So I've got two questions here. So mm-hmm. one is, tell me, so many, many people are like are not clear about the concept, the thing about being dyslexic. Dyslexics. So tell me more about that. So what's actually, the, how does it feel like when you're doing things or let's say interacting with other people? Mm-hmm. And the second thing is, how does that work that 2 plus 3 equals to 7? Like, sorry, <laughs> one, 1 plus 1 equals to 7. So tell me that.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the first question is, what does it feel like to be a dyslectic? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. So uh, being a dyslectic is is all I've ever known. So so I have to I have to go, OK, what does it feel like <laughs> not to be a dyslectic? Right. Because that's all I've ever known. My father was dyslectic. His father was dyslectic. My daughter is dyslectic. So so in one sense, what it feels like to me is normal. But in the sense of what you're saying is, is that for me, like here's a challenge that I had for many years, I would read something and you have your questions up here and I would read it and I would not be able to comprehend what I've, what I've read because between my eyes and my brain, there's a, there was a disconnection or disruption. So I would read that and I would have to read that over and over before I could comprehend it. But if I listened to you and you said to me the question, I immediately comprehended it and could answer the question. But I was not wired the same way as you to read it and comprehend it and produce an answer. So that's one of the ways that dyslexia really affected me. The The other way is I would become very disoriented if I had to read and write for any period of time. Because I was not able to use the left side of my brain, so I'd become very fatigued or frustrated or have stress and anxiety about that. So I would do everything verbally. I found other ways to do that because then I could use the right side, the creative side of my brain, which is my superpower. Okay, and so that's what it feels like to be a dyslexic. It's very disorienting. And we have to realize the whole world, particularly the educational world, is all left brain. So so to be a dyslexic is like to walk into a classroom and know that it's going to be 300 percent harder for you to do the minimum work. uh, In school, for an example, or to sit down and read a book from cover to cover. Uh, Which may take one person a week to do would would have at that point taken me a year to do. So all of those things are ten times harder. Okay, so that's what it feels like to be a dyslectic. And the thing about being dyslectic is you can't look at me and say I'm dyslectic. Okay, because because it's inside. So you can look at me and say, "Oh, you're an American." Okay, you can tell that but you can't do that with dyslexics. And one in five people in the world have some form of dyslexia, one in five. So there's almost 2 billion people that have some form of dyslexia. And then you pointed out earlier, and we make up a large portion, 30, 40, 50% of successful entrepreneurs have some form of dyslexia. So is it a disability? Or is it a superpower? I I would say to you, it is the superpower of being an entrepreneur.
0: Okay, interesting. So, how did this ability affected your communication with others? So let's say, uh, let's say, I'm going to ask, let's say, three people:
1: Mm -hmm. one, your
0: teachers. 2nd uh-huh. your friends, and three, the strangers. So- okay.
1: So with my teachers, it, it did not help the communication at all because they were only teaching in the left brain. They could only teach in one way. Well, that doesn't work for most dyslectics. So my communication with my teachers was not positive because they had labeled me as stupid and dumb and that I would be nothing. So my communication with them was, was not good. My communication with my friends was exceptional because I was constantly talking about their gifts, their abilities that I saw in them. I'm like, man, you're so good at math. You're so good at this. You're so good at cricket. You're. I was constantly seeing their greatness because I couldn't see my own because I had believed my teacher, the lie that, I would never be able to do anything. I would never write a book. Well, that's not true. I've written a book. I mean, so so but so so the third is the stranger. So when I meet a stranger, I am able to discern very quickly what their superpower is. Just through my ability of focusing on other people because I for a long time didn't believe I had anything to offer but I could see that in them and I would tell them that and I would talk to them about that and build them up. So that's the three conversations.
0: Interesting. So how does, in terms of strangers, I want to know more about the strangers. So let's say you're meeting a person on the street Mm -hmm. or let's Mm -hmm. say we are talking. So how can you understand my ability? Like while we are talking?
1: Yeah, it's really simple. Um, What is it that fascinates you and keeps you curious and you do and it doesn't feel like work and you do it and other people say, wow, I can't believe how good you are at that or how easy that is for you? Because that's really hard for me. It's super simple. It's just that that's when we know in our genius, like what we're doing right now is a genius for me. I do interviews, podcasts. I do speaking. I do all this. People say, well, well, aren't you nervous? Aren't you afraid? Aren't you, aren't you worried about, you know, he's going to ask you a question. You're not going to know the answer. No. Cause I'm a genius at this. In fact, I don't even need to know the questions because I already know the answer. That's when I, you know, you're in your superpower, your genius jo- uh, zone or what I call your God given ability when it's that easy This is not hard for me. There's people on interviews where they dread it and they get off it and they struggle and they have all these negative thoughts. I'm energized by this. Okay. This is, this is the easiest thing in the world for me to do. And I don't care where you go with the questions. In fact, I don't even need to know the questions because I already know the answer. Okay. Um... That's confidence. That's ultimate confidence. Right? Because you're halfway around the world. You could say anything to me. I'm not worried about that.
0: Okay. I, 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 I agree with that. Okay. The next thing is, so when did you actually realize that you had this superpower? Like when did you realize that this disability, which was labeled by your teachers and the society or the education system, let's say, is a superpower? When did this happen?
1: Yeah. So ironically, it happened in my sixth year of primary school. I, I, uh, I, I went to my sixth year primary school and the first day of school, we had a brand new teacher that it was his first year of teaching. And when we came into the class, um, he said, take all the desks out of the class and put them outside. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is he doing? Because it's already hard enough and now he's removing, you know, my desk and the place to work and, and all of that. And what he proceeded to say was, I'm going to teach you not um, out of a book, but I'm going to teach you about real life and I'm gonna turn the whole class into a business. So what he did was he gave everybody a business to start with, so here's an idea. At recess, if you wanted a ball so you could play four square or you could play a game with, you had to rent the ball from the person that owned the um, uh, rental business for, for uh, recess activities. Uh, if you needed a copy of a paper, then you had to pay the person that copied your paper, different things. So he turned the whole the whole classroom into a business to teach us about math and history and the stock market and all these things. Well, I was terrified of that, but what happened was we all started with, with one business and an equivalent of like $50 in the U.S., And what happened was that I began to see in my mind, because I have a right brain, creative mind, opportunities to grow my business. So I bought the copy business from the girl in my class that didn't want to do it anymore. And by the end of the class, I owned pretty much every business. And I had all the money of of our classroom at the end of the school year. And what I had figured out was that my genius really applied not in education, but in the creative problem solving of business, which is, is the superpower of being dyslectic. So it started in sixth grade and my teacher actually made me aware of it. And at the end of the year, I won an award even though I was a bad student in the academic, I was the best student when it came to business and real life. Isn't that amazing? So my teacher mm-hmm. was Mr. Bacala, and it was his first year of teaching, and it was phenomenal experience. I'm, I'm always grateful, and I always tell people he had such a positive impact on my life.
0: That's an amazing story. Okay. So like you, like your teacher helped you to understand it. So in your experience, usually like, who are the people that suffer from like the lack of confidence the most? Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think it's everybody, you know, we all have times and we all have situations where we're not confident, right? So if you were uh, if we, if we were meeting and you were saying okay you have to write handwrite or type on a computer a 1000 uh, page book and it needs to be to me next week i would that would be not great confidence for me cuz i would be out of my gene zone of genius right so i would immediately think in my mind What's a w- better way to do that? And the better way to do that is my app, which is called Otter, which is a voice recording app where I would actually speak the book out. And I do this all the time. And I would actually write the book with my voice on AI in transcription. I wouldn't even think about it, I don't even type. And you can't read my writing because it's like scribble. So I already thought of a way around that. But to say, when do people struggle with confidence? They struggle when they get outside their zone of genius. And people are told all the time they need to operate there, but that's not true. They need to find a way to get that done, but that doesn't mean they have to do it or do it in the way that people say. And this gets back to the genius of being dyslectic, because we're always looking for a way around the traditional way of doing something, which is actually problem solving at the highest level. The person that solves the biggest problem in the world is rewarded the most in their business, in their entrepreneur uh, adventure, right? That really what businesses do is they solve problems for their customers, right? So a dyslectic has been solving problems for themselves since their first memory, because we live in a world that does not work for us. So we've had to solve it to navigate it, to move ahead in the world. Okay, understandable. But I, I've got one, one
0: interesting question here. So how can a person, let's say you, you said that question that you said one question to ask by the other person. Let's say a person is alone and doesn't have anyone around him. And he is quite like, he lacks confidence basically. Mm-hmm.
1: So how can he understand his superpower? Yeah. Should, yeah. So the first question, though, is why does he when did he start lacking confidence? So we have to go back to what's the lie that he believed that somebody told him that in my case, somebody in first grade, my teacher said I was stupid, I was dumb and I would never be anything. And I believe that because I respected her as a teacher But it was a lie. It wasn't true. The truth was I had a hidden genius inside of me. So the first thing that I would do with a stranger would be like, "Okay, what is the lie you're believing that you can't be something, do something, learn something? When did that start? When did you start believing that? Did your parents tell you that? Did your boss tell you that? Did your teacher tell you that? Did the culture, did social media tell you that? Because until we uncover the lie, we can't replace it or reprogram it with the truth. And the truth is you have all kinds of ability, but you're stuck believing the lie. So you can't tap into the confidence of the things you can do that are great because everybody has an amazing ability. It's just been overshadowed by all the lies they believed about. I'm not tall enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm, I'm the wrong color. I'm there. I'm. I I am a man. I'm not a woman. All those things are lies. So we have to deal with the lie first and then find out, okay, what's the truth of that. And the truth is always the opposite of the lie. So that's where I'd start. If I met you and we are at an airport and we met and we're sitting down next to each other. And we had that conversation. I would immediately say, okay, what's the lie you're believing? And you'd go, Oh, I'm not believing any lie. And I go, well, why do, why, do you, why do you not believe you can do this meeting for this company or do this presentation or write this book or, or do this interview with this important person? Well, there's somewhere back there where you started believing, hey, I'm not, I'm not good enough. True. I can't is the identifier of what the lie is. When somebody says I can't, I immediately go, okay, when did you start believing that? Oh, well, my, you know, my friend told me this or somebody that I really respected said, I can't ever be, have a successful podcast. Oh, okay. So you chose to believe them, which is a lie instead of believing that you can, and you do have the ability to figure it out and to be great at it. And that's what I do with people all day long.
0: Okay. So after understanding that to truth, so what's the next step for them?
1: The next step, are you familiar with coding and programming? Yes. Okay. So the next step is simple as program. We have to debug the, the, the belief that they have about the lie. So we have to identify it and then we have to reprogram. What is the truth? The truth is you're great at podcast interviewing. Okay, you have to replace that, so how do we replace that we We repeat that, we use you know we we use statements of affirmation we we write that down, we journal that, we inundate ourselves with the new truth is I'm really good at this, and I love to do it, and it's my superpower
0: okay, so like you said a, a really important interesting point here. Okay, so whenever let's say someone, okay, this happens to me as well. So whenever I try to, let's say, say a positive affirmation, mm-hmm. there is a like a, a many people call it a, an inner demon who tries to fight it. And that, the, uh, let's say, in my case, there are, let's say two personalities where uh we're like which are fighting each other it it feels something like it okay all the all the time so what about that person who has let's say up for some reason maybe he has built a base of confidence in in themselves but because of external lies they are like continuously conflicted with each other continuously so what can he or she do in that case in that place
1: Okay, so, so there's two things, and that's a great question. That, that that is a fantastic question, because that happens all the time, right? First of all, so you, you have a lie here and you have a truth, a little person here, the one speaking the lie, one speaking the truth, right? That's what you're talking about. Everybody has that, right? So we have to starve the lie, meaning we cannot give it any attention, focus, or thought. Okay so that's the first thing. So whenever that lie starts to speak and you hear it, you have to turn it off. Okay? But I got a better analogy for you. So you you've been to a train station, right? Yeah. You've ridden on a train, right? Okay. Yes. So so your mind is like a train station. There's thoughts that trains of thoughts that come into your mind all the time, right? Different thoughts that come in. And this is like sitting in a train station and watching the trains come and go. What I tell people to do and what I coach them to do is, as that train comes in, where's that train of thought going to take you? Is it going to take you to the lie or is it going to take you to the truth? And if it's going to take you to the lie, then you stay on the bench and you let that train leave your mind because that's not where you want to go. But if it's the truth and it's going to take you to your superpower, to to those things of confidence, then you want to get on that train and, and take that train of thought and follow it. So it's a mental picture. We're in a busy train station, right? There's trains coming and going all the time. And I love that. And I have to stop and go, is that train actually going to take me to a lie or is that train going to take me to the truth? And I only get on trains that take me to the truth. And if I do that consistently, I train my mind, my thinking to only get on thoughts and only uh, get on the train of thoughts that are going to take me to the truth of who I am and what my confidence and superpower is. I'll no longer get on the lie train. So you stop it there. I don't get on any train of thought until I've sat on the bench and I go, where are the destinations of those trains of that train? Is it the truth? Is it confidence? Is it my superpower? Or is it doubt, fear, frustration, anxiety, worry? There's only two trains of thought in your mind. There's only two. So that's what uh, that's how we deal with it.
0: Okay. That's an interesting idea of imagining it, I'd say. Because that... If, if we see any uh, negative or positive idea that comes to our minds, if we think that's it, it's a flowing idea, if if it comes, we can let it go. If it's a good idea, we can ride you with it. Okay. My question to you is, so it's actually my imagination or like my my thing that I just imagine right now is, I think when we are very young like before we talk with other people, like talk with the people who has negative ideas or like not positive, idea, right? Not negative, but not positive idea for us. Till that time we build confidence. And that's how the base of any confident person, like any person that positive angel, or like that positive self that we talked about grows. And after that, when we interact with other people, that other d- demon side of thing or that I said like demon or like the inner demon or any, any, any negative thoughts come in or like the negative ideas or the negative trains come in so what's your take on it so how does this conflict of thoughts come to a person let's say when does that good side of person like the good idea builds up and when does that bad idea builds up
1: when does it start? Is that what you're saying?
0: Uh, when does it build? I'd say. So till when does it build and well,
1: uh-huh. well, it, um, it, Yeah. am it, it is building from the very beginning of your thought life. So from your first memory. So I, I often ask, uh, and I've got it on my board right here. I often ask clients, what did you love to do most when you were six years old?
0: I don't remember. <laughs>
1: No, but, but whatever the first memory is, that's when you started um, identifying or recognizing that your thoughts are either a liar or a truth. Okay. So, but the bigger answer to your question is can you do anything about your thoughts? Yes. But you have to be intentional and you have to choose that every moment all the time. And that's a practice, that's a habit. It's like a muscle. <clears throat> so, if I was lifting weights and I went the first day of lifting weights and not lifted weights for 10 years, and I tried to lift up 500 pounds, what would happen?
0: You didn't lift.
1: I wouldn't even be able to budget. But if I was lifting weights every day for 10 years, I might be able to lift up 500 pounds. But, if, but it's the habit, the discipline of that, that decides whether or not what thoughts rule. Is it the lie or is it the truth that's ruling your life? But that is in the moment Right now, you're choosing whether to believe the lie about yourself or the truth. So, the longer you believe the truth, the more confident you are in a healthy way. Okay. So, it's you're never done. You're always working on it.
0: Okay. So... So let's say someone, like, uh, how can a person be intentional with it? The question is this. So let's say a negative thought or positive thought is coming in. So what's that, like, in that moment, what should he say to himself? Should we say?
1: Stop, Stop with that thought. Sit on the bench in the train station to decide okay. whether or not you're going to get on the lie train or wait for the truth train. Okay, got it. The hardest thing to do for us humans is to stop and actually go, okay, is that thought going to take me to the right place or the wrong place? Because eventually, if you don't get on the lie train, eventually the truth train will come through. And you go, oh, that's going to take me where I want to go. I'm going to get on that train.
0: Okay. Okay, interesting. To sum it up, there will be these steps. So first, for anyone who lacks a confidence, the first thing that they should do is identify what they love the most. Oh, sorry. First, they understand what lie they believe in, believing in, then they reprogram it. And also during that time, they should ask, what the, what is the thing that they love the most doing without, and they're great at doing that People, other people say.
1: Or a better way to say it is, what do I do that I do really well that other people really appreciate? And it's easy for me and it's hard for everybody else.
0: Okay, yes, that, that's, the, that's the perfect line. And then on a regular basis, practice sitting on, 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 stopping at a place and deciding which train to ride the the positive train or the negative train. That sums up all the things about gaining confidence and letting go of negative thoughts. Now, so, so we covered that topic. Now, what would the advice, like what advice would you actually give to your younger self? Let's say you're Uh, a fifth grader. Okay. You're in fifth grade. You haven't experienced your sixth grade yet. So what advice would you give to yourself?
1: Um, The advice I would give to myself was be very careful about believing what people say about you, if it's a lie. So you have to be very careful of taking on beliefs or thoughts from another person if it isn't uh, building you up, if it isn't encouraging you, if it isn't building my confidence, I have to be very careful to, to uh, make sure that their motives really are aligned with what's best for my confidence. Awesome. So
0: after you realized, so what would be your, your next advice to your seven grade self. Like, let's say you have experienced that. Yeah. Yeah. That thing. So what would be your advice to your seven yeah. grade self?
1: Well, well, here was the advice. I knew now that I had a God given ability in business because I was dyslexic, not because I wasn't, or that it was, uh, that I was stupid. It was because I was that I had an unfair advantage in the real world. Once I got done with education, I started a business. I had an unfair advantage over all people that had all kinds of degrees and PhDs and masters because my mind thought like an entrepreneur. And you can't learn that. I was born with it. Like I was born with this genius in this area. So that was my thinking. I just wanted to get out of school so I could start doing business. That's what I did.
0: Okay. By by the way, should uh, should you wait for, I don't think waiting to get out of the school would be the best thing to do do it there. So starting a small business during that time you're in school, that would like the best thing I would say, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I started small businesses my whole childhood and I didn't even know that it was my genius. I did it all the time
0: okay so I, I i'll do the prep uh, that thing again <laughs> yeah. on myself okay so there there's one question that i always ask on all the episodes is what is education and learning to you
1: um knowing myself and knowing what it is that my god given ability is and then putting it to work in the world serving people around the globe so if i can help somebody go from believing the lie to believing the truth and then going out and serving the world to do that. That is education to me. Education is bringing insight and breakthroughs and miracles and transformations to people that are ready to do that work. To to be the best version of themselves tomorrow. That's that's what I that's what I think education is, and it never ends. I'm learning more now than I did yesterday.
0: True. Okay. So the next thing I'm gonna ask is, okay, this this is like the same questions, but kind a, a very of question. So what? tell us about the first tell us about the book the biggest disability is a bad attitude second how did you write it yeah the process. so
1: yeah the book the biggest disability is a bad attitude is actually my life story of how i turned what everybody said was a disability into my greatest advantage so it's the it's the documentation from my childhood Seven years of age, my history, my story up till uh, five years ago. OK, so it's just telling people um, um, the, the journey I went on, the story of it. OK, so so how did I write the book? I didn't write a word of the book. I spoke the book into existence. <laughs> yeah. And it, you know, the testimonies and the stories and what it's done for people has been worth writing, saying the book, going through that whole thing. So, yeah, I had a great editor, I had a great publisher, but I actually spoke the book into uh, a recorder and did it chapter by chapter. And it was not difficult at all because it's real, my real story, my real journey from. You know, thinking about suicide when I was seven years of age to having all kinds of success.
0: Okay, so was it so bad that you thought about yeah.
1: suicide at the seven? Oh, absolutely! I came very close to doing it.
0: Now, that's... because I
1: believed the lie. I believed that I was junk and I wasn't worth anything.
0: Okay. This is the second, second last thing I'm going to ask you. So to your seven-year-old self, who is thinking, not seven, but the person who is thinking he's a junk, what should he do now? What do you say to him now?
1: Well, it, well it's a lie because everybody has unbelievable value and contribution and, and everybody has something that they bring to the world that is unique to them. There's 8 billion people on the planet right now. Everybody is uniquely gifted and different and valuable. That's what I say to that person. There's great value in you. We just have to uncover it. Okay.
0: Yeah. It's
1: hope. There's no mistake. You're there. You have a genius. You have something that can serve the people of, of the world okay and that's
0: a, that's an awesome advice especially di- during us like let's say a person who is actually he feels he's a junk this is a great advice for him because that the, these small words of affirmation that's what keeps him going he needs it and so we are almost at the end so so where can our listeners find you online
1: yeah, I'm at confidencecoach.org, O-R-G, confidencecoach.org. We have all kinds of uh, information there. We have, yeah, there's all kinds of content. And we also um, will, uh, we offer an unlimited number of free consultations to people that are serious about, um, uh, you know, building their business, scaling their business, getting their confidence so they can take the next step with their business and their work.
0: Awesome. So that's all for today. and thanks for the listeners for coming on the show and listening to the show. And thank you for coming on, hopping on the show. Have a good day and thanks for the listeners and thank you for joining, signing off. This was the end of today's episode and I know that it's quite hard to take the steps that you need to take. But I hope that we were able to share some steps that you can take right away to motivate yourself to take a leap of faith and pursue what you want to be or like, want to do. And if you have any question, then message me on Instagram at Abdullah Mahmoud. It is spelled as A-B-D-U-L-L-A-H-M. M-A-H-M-U-D. Again, the spelling is A B D U L L A H M M A H M U D. This is the this is my social media handle for all social medias, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok as well. I don't have any videos on TikTok anyway. But you can find find me there, you can follow me, I'll send a message. I'll love to talk talk with you. And finally, you can also message me through Anchor, the voice message option of Anchor. And lastly, if you want to grow with me and learn actionable steps twice a week or want to make this podcast be the number one podcast for visionaries, then make sure to hit the subscribe button. And if you are on Apple Podcasts, then make sure to leave a review. It really helps to bring on amazing guests just like today. And yeah, that's for today and next time, keep being your best self. Bye.